It's officially a Toronto FC game week tomorrow. The new season is upon us after a crazy offseason that saw coaching change, player controversy, outbreaks, move to Florida, so much more. But uh, what a way to start on the road against the defending Liga MX champions in the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, we'll get you set for Toronto FC versus Club Leon on Waking the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks this week. My name is Mitchell Tierney. And this week on the show, we also have kit expert, gentleman, scholar, vocal minority host, Mark Hinckley will join us in not too long to break down the best and worst from the MLS laundry pile this season. But first, boys, Jeffrey Pinesker, Michael Singh, temperature check. I mean, it's game week. How are you guys feeling? Finally. It's here. Yep. Finally. I mean, we've been talking about this for so long, trying to say, finally, we're going to have games coming. We were looking forward to that Canadian championship match. Obviously, that didn't happen. But, boys, here we are. The The lads are in Mexico. They're there. And we're, we're one sleep away from a Toronto Sea game day. <laughs> yeah, Will Dunn says in the comments, nerves are already kicking in. And I think that's fair enough. I mean, it's it's going to be a tough test. That 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 is for certain. I mean, it's... I was thinking today, like, no Toronto FC manager has ever started with even close to as tough a test as Chris Armas was. We thought he'd get that uh, game against Forge to, you know, maybe ease him in, have that opportunity to to win a Canadian championship in his first game. But no, no, no dice. He's going to have to uh, step on the field at Lyon Stadium against one of the toughest teams in on the continent. So that's going to be quite the, quite the start for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It doesn't get, I guess, any easier than that. Um, he did win that win that game, technically, though. I guess not win, but you know, <laughs> he he put TFC through. I mean, he's just the winner, right? Armas just wins. <laughs> so let's see if he can keep that going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, no, absolutely. Yeah. Michael, you wanted to start the show this week talking mm-hmm. about uh, something that transpired. Uh, on social medias, which um, one soccer were discussing uh, comments from Taylor Twelman um, saying that the United States missing out on the Olympic Games was was embarrassing, um, just to paraphrase. And uh, Toronto FC striker Josie Altidore did uh, did not like that very much and and had some some choice words for uh, the pundit. Yeah, um, let me preface this by saying that. These conversations are never really the easiest. They're also always a little bit awkward. Um, but it's important that we do have these sort of conversations. And now I'm not really interested in the Taylor Twelman, Josie Altador feud, because to me that, that comes off a little bit petty. Obviously, there, there's some feelings there from Josie um, towards Twelman, obviously stepping back to comments back in 2018. Um, but... What I did want to focus on was sort of the underlying issue that Josie Altador brought up. And that's the issue of representation and realistically the lack thereof that is not only prevalent throughout MLS, but prevalent throughout our entire society. If you look at the people who are in power, they're typically white males. And, you know, we look around MLS, you look around Major League Soccer and look at the amount of executives that are people of color, look at the amount of GMs that are people of color there's clearly an issue in terms of lack of representation throughout society. And if you take a look at Josie Altador's comments, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Just look at the replies to what Josie Altador tweeted out and the response that he, he received. Now, a lot of people are saying that Taylor Twelman sort of took the high ground. And, um, you know, when he, he tweeted out Josie Altador's charity, but Josie Altidore's response was, was kind of candid in that you can't just throw money at a problem and make it go away. 
that's not the solution here in today's society. We need to acknowledge these issues. We need to address these issues. And we need to consistently have these conversations about these issues because it's not stopping. It just, again, I'll go back to the, the replies in Josie Altador's comments there. It's still very much a problem in today's society. And Josie Alters is bringing light to that issue in a fashion that he knows best, and that's stirring the pot. And hey, sometimes, you know, it, it rubs some people the wrong way the way he does go about these conversations. But the fact that he is bringing up these conversations, the fact that we can now have these conversations on our message boards, on Wake and the Red's comment threads, on even on, on our social media platforms, I think that's what's really important here. So I just wanted to start the show off about bringing light to that and you know, Josie is our king, so let's let's get behind him. <laughs> Absolutely, well said, Mike. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I think we all agree with all of that, and and certainly, you know, um, are fully behind. You know, improving the improving the game, making it more open for everyone, and and you know, I think uh, I think Josie expressed that sentiment very well uh, on Twitter. Um, Let's let's bring on our guest here. He's he's raring to go. It's you love to see that. Uh, you know, <laughs> right right out of the right out of the start here. Uh, talk some Concacaf Champions League as well as Kit Week with Mark Inkley. <laughs> how are you doing, Mark? You guys doing? Very very good. Hey, Mark. What's oh, going man, on? I'm trying to see in the background there. He's got a, a nice selection of kits. Uh, it looks like a vintage Marseille kit. I want to say on the that is far correct. left. Uh, yeah, that was Toronto it. That- that was a uh, that was a uh, serendipitous reissue. I managed to get my hands on. Unfortunately, you know, I don't have a time machine, so I couldn't go get it. <laughs> but they uh, they came up with one about uh, I don't know four or five years ago, and I managed to snag that. So, but yeah, and then there's the there's the there's the uh, the championship kit, which I dubbed the Vasquez <laughs> kit, and over mm-hmm. here is a recent acquisition of uh, recent uh, Dia de Muertes uh, uh, kit from uh, Mexican side Quartero. I'm, I no, I killed that name. Oh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, purple's got the skulls all throughout, like oh, stripes. It's it's art. This one, this one is definitely art. Mark, we don't like Mexican size on this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> we do like ones where the shirt sponsor. I assure you, it's fine. <laughs> we do we do like ones, however, where the shirt sponsor is double caliente because it's yeah. not caliente enough. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> is fantastic. That's if it wasn't high. caliente enough. <laughs> <laughs> they got to remind you. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to start with some CCL talk, Mark, and then and then ease into a distillation of our second annual article, which you can find on the site, where in what, 15,000 words, we break down all of the uh, all of the MLS kits for the year. It was a which, fun uh, edit. It was a which, fun is, edit. which is crazy because we were we were we were trying to be brief. And <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not how it works. Oh, yeah. As, I as told myself know. down. Mark Hinckley and Vocal Mind already known for their brevity, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we keep it short, books and time. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's talk about this uh, this game tomorrow because obviously uh, a massive one and a big test for Toronto FC. And I think the most interesting thing for almost all of us is what the heck is this team going to look like? I mean, we've heard Michael Bradley might be playing an advanced role. Um, we haven't seen proper Josie in probably a year now, and you know, there's there's the questions about what style Toronto FC is playing so going into tomorrow Mark which player are you kind of most interested to see what they look like to to start this season cold oh man that is a heck of a question um Josie while Josie is quite interesting I'm 
I'm interested in seeing uh, what uh, what Mr. Jonathan Osorio is going to look like. Mm. I kind of felt like in the, like last season, um, we've seen we've seen what greatness looks like out of that guy, and and it, and he kind of like he was he was good. He was a performer, but he wasn't like it. It's I don't want to say he plateaued. I do not want to say that, but it seemed like we took a rest up the mountain. Okay, and. And maybe maybe that was uh, injuries, uh, new acquisitions. There could be any number of reasons as to why he kind of like fell into the shadows. New coach, new style. And as somebody you could literally set your watch to as far as showing up, being a big game player, being a very crutch, clinical cog in the machine. I did not mean for the alliteration, but it just happened. <laughs> it was um, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm, I want to, I want to see how he factors in this side uh, most. I, I want because I feel like if there's, if there's a change for the better, he's going to be the beneficiary first. I'm sure others will, will, will definitely see better of, but um, I, I, I miss, I miss what he brings in the sense of that. Oh, you slept on him, and now we're up, now we're up a goal. You slept on him, yeah. now we're up two goals. I miss that. I hate to come in and burst your belly here, Mark, but I actually don't know if we see <laughs> Jonathan Osorio tomorrow. Wow. Oh, yes. He picked, up a, he picked up a knock to, to he missed the Canadian men's national team camp. Of course And I think he's one. Oh, by the way, nice kit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he is one of those players that I believe uh, Armis is, is holding cl- close to his vest, but he is one of those players that I believe won't be involved in tomorrow's game. Uh, mm. Perhaps we may see him a little bit off the bench, but he won't be the same as Oreo that we're used to. Um, That's fair. So with that being said, who's your next answer, Mark? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, of course. Um, I feel, I feel like with Josie, he's always um, after an absence, there's, there's, there's a bit of a uh, need to prove something. Now, whether that's, we need him to prove something to us. He needs to prove it to himself um, with uh, with his personality and his pay grade and his ability to be absolutely explosive. You never know which one we're getting. So um, I'm I'm always excited to see what Josie's got to do. And wow. I, I I just this first this is a cruel first step. It really is. We're going to go right into a a, a a knockout situation. Two legs. Is it two legs? It's two it's legs. Two legs. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it's two legs. <laughs> two, two legs against a team that is, last I checked, um, 30 games into a season. Mm-hmm. 30 games into Apertura and Clausura. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. Yeah, it's Ouch. cool. It's mm. very cool. I mean, at least we can mm. point to that. I mean, Bill Manning was on our show recently, and he said Josie looks motivated. And I mean, on on Twitter, as we talked about, he's definitely motivated to you know go out there and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And you know, he has something to play for with with the U.S. men's national team and all of their upcoming games. So, hey, let, let's hit the reset button, perhaps here on Josie, because I know some TFC fans are a little bit harsh on him. But before mm-hmm. 2020, I mean, he's he was in in fine form if he could stay healthy. So. So far, so good on that note. Let's knock on wood, and hopefully Josie Altador does stay healthy, and we get to see Josie return to, to you know, the beast that he can be. 100%, yeah. Mike, you got a question. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mark, we, we love talking about the young guns on this show. Um, 
what young gun are you expecting to sort of get out there and perhaps make a difference tomorrow? Is there any young gun you're keeping your eye on? It's tough because I don't want to hedge my expect, expect like excitement levels. Like, I mean, I feel like, like, I feel like I feel like I look at, I look at a guy like Schaffelberg who, who had, he looked like he was going to, you know, at least cement himself as a, as a, as, as a guy we're going to see on the regular and then pushed away. Yeah. And, and like, uh, I, I, because I know there's a, there's an emphasis on the kids. I, 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 there's a ton of interesting players that are in the Academy that, I feel that they just need their opportunity. Now is to is is tomorrow their opportunity? <laughs> Cruel. But hey, you know, you know, if, if, you, can't, if you don't want to get wet, right? So I I, I I'm gonna go with like so I'm gonna go with Schaffelberg only because he's a known quantity. I don't know if he's sure. injured. I hate to see that I I'm only picking injuries. In my mouth because it's delicious. Yeah. Um no, I, I like I, I, I have I have such optimism for this entire season, uh, because of the push for kids to play. Um, I I've wanted that for a while. It seems like we've got a lot of guys who are just they just need the experience. Uh-huh. So um, so many like so many to pick from. I want them all. Honestly, I want them all to get a fair <laughs> shot. And I'm not I'm not saying. That that is, but I've also wanted that for the past five six seasons. Right. Um, I've wanted that since they had an academy. And yeah, some got mm. some got a chance. Some weren't ready for prime time. Some were. But you, I feel like there's still there there there's entire teams worth of kids in that academy that never got a crack, just because. And I mean, you know, you're not going to just show up and no one said no one's telling Michael Bradley you're taking the night off for this green kid. Right. <laughs> So like, I, I don't know. I'm I. I want to see the guys that I have hope for that I've seen something from already. I want them to be the ones that shine. I want everyone else to shine. But I, that's that's kind of what I'm eyeing. Jacob Schaff- Jacob Schaffelberg is a great shout. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the the cross that he whipped in there to Patrick Mullins and and against the Columbus Brew in that preseason match. Obviously, the very limited game tape that we've gotten so far. But, <laughs> hey, that, that looked really nice. He also had a really nice shot in, in the highlight package they tweeted out. And he had a he looked good in Canada's January camp. And not only that, Chris Armis has talked about Jacob Schaffelberg. And he said that Jacob Schaffelberg looks more confident this season. Um, we've talked about this on our show in the past, but Greg Vanny challenged him to, instead of going down the line all the time, to cut more inside. And, you know, perhaps we see that at a shaft this year. I think he's 21 this year. So it will be a big year for him. He had some hamstring injuries last season. And, hey, it, if anyone could break out this season, let's not bet against shaft, right? Yeah. Never. <laughs> I think Tronoffs, he's going to have to play like a very counterattacking game here too against Leon. So Schaffelberg is one of those guys with with what he brings pace-wise and, and directness-wise where he has that ability to get in behind. And I think that could be massive. So I think that's a great shout. I think shaft's potentially a player we're going to see in in some capacity tomorrow have you guys seen the flow too oh, oh yeah great that adds, <laughs> that adds a couple extra points to his overall rating for sure, <laughs> for sure. that was that's indeed great. shuffle flow indeed. let's see it shuffle flow 
So, so Marcus, I've been keeping a, a list of, of things that make me happy and or sad. And I wonder uh, uh, if, if that's so, be a long list. You know, <laughs> I know you have, that's a long list. So, so Google Club, Club Leon have shipped 17 goals in the last 13 games. Um, they did win the, the, the uh, Apertura, but they're currently sitting at eighth in the Clausura. Yes. So are they having a hangover, a championship hangover that we might exploit? Or does it not matter a tick because we are 6,000 feet above sea level and that's the deciding factor here? <laughs> yeah, there are. I feel like there are so many things going against them in addition to time, in addition to sea level, in addition to like like just level of game experience in the sense of like they're 30 games in. They're they've won their last three. They've won their last three. So like that's like anytime I've tried to find a silver lining, I just realized that the cloud is just much bigger than I expected. <laughs> and I, I like you know it's it there's also you know a puncher's chance, right? I've kind of felt like in in the in the great magical run of years gone by that in some of those cases it was a puncher's chance in Toronto one. And there's nothing, and that's not to diminish an incredibly talented side. Um, but they were also going up against incredibly talented sides. So th- because we, there, because we haven't seen what Toronto looks like in a competitive match, because there's been a change at the, at the coaching level, there's been, like, there's so many variables at play. <laughs> it doesn't look good. Like if, like if I had to put a, if I had to put down one whole Canadian dollar of currency on a on a bet, I don't know if the long shot is is risky enough. I'll just take my dollar fifteen or whatever the payout is for a little win. And that's not that, that's that's not because I don't think Toronto can beat them. I absolutely do think they have the ability to take out any team in this competition, mm-hmm. sight unseen. Because I know the talents there, I know the experience is there. And I know the heart is there. So what, but what does that look like now? What does that look like now under these conditions? What does that look like now under these conditions with a team that plays 6,000 feet in the air, which a team that's won a championship, which is three games on a three game winning streak. Like it's hard. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. So. But if we win, it's a legendary story. That's for sure. Of course. That's one more, one more that we can add. Like we're collecting Liga MX heads, yep. <laughs> a wonderful set of heads. Like you got all the you got all the good ones at this point. You have them on your jersey that you just bought. So there you go. <laughs> this one nice. anyway, looks, America. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's double caliente, buddy. Double yeah. caliente. Anyway, uh, let's let's move on. Let's 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 tackle the let's let's show them our kits. Uh, so for context, here is. Uh, you know, you got to hit the site. We've uh, written in detail about every kit, but every what we're going to do, yeah, every kit. But what we're going to do is we're going to bring our favorites and our least favorites to uh, to Mitch and Mike, and uh, and see if they agree or disagree. I suppose Mark, you can go first because uh, your favorite. You're going to talk about the Homer choice, which is yeah, it, yeah, it's Toronto FC, and 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 that I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you, that isn't a bias as much as it is just a really nice kit. I, I kind of feel like with uh, a, a lot of the offerings from Adidas for MLS, um, there's a lot of try hard. There's a lot of 
you know, we're going to like this, this is going to have so much meaning and this is going to resonate. And it's like, yo, just make a nice shirt. <laughs> just make something, interesting. Make, something, make something interesting that my 150 bucks for this shirt that is fashionable for two whole seasons um, <laughs> will like, I'll be, I won't have a lot of regrets with, you know, the purchase. Like the last offering was about as plain and ordinary and dull as I think you can possibly get. This is like night and day. Um, I love the detailing on it. I love that, that the Onyx, is, you know, is, 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 it's kind of, it's at the forefront. That collar is thick. Those cuffs are thick. Um, I, I like the r- diagonal striping that makes shapes, which makes shapes for shapesakes. Yes. It's actually, according to the infographic, the detail of a maple leaf. Do you... <laughs> I All right. So, 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 <laughs> so I like the diagonal stripes for diagonal stripes sake because... I'm squinting. Um... I don't... I, I'm yeah, turning I, my I head see... sideways here. I see a sailboat. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think if, I, if I let my eyes relax and stand 10 feet behind, yeah. It's, yeah, you'll it's see the, the CN Tower. High five and yeah, yeah. Sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... It's 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 just it's got a it's got a personality, which is something the last kit did not have, uh-huh. um, mm. and it's got a per, it doesn't look like anything else that came out of this crop of kits or even last year's crop of kits. Um, so it's it it's fresh. It is yeah. it is not. It's interesting to the eye. I think it'll look great on the pitch, um, like from a distance. I think it'll. I think it's going to look good when you're just when you know we're wearing it it's going to look good when they're wearing it it's like from an application point of view i i absolutely dig this kit and mm-hmm. let the rest of mls be kind of jelly so you gave it an a plus i gave it an a and the only reason i i, I took the plus away is because i have to have a favorite and it's not that <laughs> it's this oh my god that's a beautiful Holy, kit. that is so <laughs> unbelievably beautiful. That's... I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I mean, uh, I'm just going to offer up the OG Nike kit. That's the one that mm-hmm. inspired the remix. And, and I, I imagine that the person wearing it is going to look a little familiar to the TFC faithful, <laughs> as that is Greg Vanny. Thanks. Um, as, good, <laughs> as good as the, as the short sleeve is. Uh, this is stupendous. Ooh. That's stupendous. That is really nice. You cannot get it anywhere anymore. I mean, I might, I might be willing to pay uh, European shipping just because I love it so much. And I'm definitely getting Vanny 21 on the back. I may only <laughs> wear it around my house, but I mean, it's, it's just stupendous. Like that is, you know, as a gunner, uh, you know, I've been blessed because Adidas got the the arsenal. <laughs> Look at Mark. <laughs> that was for you, man. That was absolutely because, for you. Because Adidas got the contract back and they've been subtly remixing all of their old uh, uh, 90s arsenal stuff. You know, the Bruce Banana got a remix. My favorite kid of all time got a remix. Even Anthem Jackets got a remix. This is Adidas bringing that into the North American MLS sphere. And I love it. I mean, the black back is kind of annoying, but you know that's not I really like that. Adidas. Well, it's you know I FIFA doesn't it. want anything to clash with uh, with with squad numbers now because you know they've suddenly had an epiphany a hundred mm-hmm. years into the history of the sport. <laughs> but but um, you know it is what it is at this point. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite kit of the of the entire run. Uh, nothing comes close. 
you know, I take points off the TFC kit for that collar. Uh, and like I said in our article, you know, if you wear a T-shirt underneath a black T-shirt, you've completed the circle and the collar is not so weird. But it's a weird collar. I mean, aesthetically, what is what is going on there? Yeah, and now and now I see it everywhere. Now I see it everywhere. Yeah, um, Ivan brought up a good point with that TFC kit. Um, he was asking mm -hmm. if it's black shorts slash red socks there. Um, I actually think it's going to be the opposite. I think we saw red shorts and black socks. We did, um, yeah, yeah. Right, so yeah. I'm excited to see the red and black come out because I need, I think TFC has been kind of striving towards pushing for that color. Um, and it's actually a little bit of a play on that that Unity kit from last year because mm -hmm. it was the Unity kit had some designs going on with within the actual jersey itself. Um, and Bill Manning was on our show and he said that this this kit this year they took a little bit of risk but they did it in a tasteful mm -hmm. way. And I think that's just the perfect way to sort of describe this kit. It's that they did take some risk, but it looks like it's, it's playing off. And hopefully when the whole thing comes together, it looks even better on the field. Cause that's what I felt about the unity kit. All right, Speaking guys, of risk that didn't pay that. off. <laughs> I, I think I'll, I think I'll throw it to Mark for, for this, this one sucks guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So like here's, here's new England revolution. Now, as we all kind of eye roll at their screaming '90s badge, whatever. Did they run out of color printer. At this, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at this point, you know, I'm I'm past making fun of it. It's kind of like, oh, I'm not. Montreal Impact as a name. I'm past making fun of it. I've beaten that horse for a long time. Fine. And then they went and changed their logo. Never mind. Back to back to New England. So here's here's an idea that I would love to have been in the boardroom or whatever meeting they had <laughs> couldn't they have ironed that kid out i, I know <laughs> couldn't they have centered whatever <laughs> whatever that bar is supposed to be couldn't they have like is it a window is it a calendar i said calendar first instinct was calendar on the weekend you know and you know the week the calendars that i'm talking about where mm -hmm. sunday and the saturday are grayed out because they want you to highlight on monday to friday well that's sunday monday which I, I don't know why. Knowing our luck on the show, it's going to be a charity. You know, you know when you when you find <laughs> you know when you find a shirt that you love, but it's in a box in your basement. It has been for twenty five years, and the fold line has just like become a part of the shirt. That's all I see. And the worst part is, is like if you look at the shoulder stripes. Okay, that's neat. One's black, one's blue kind of like that yeah. yet i cannot see past that front because it's awful yeah, and right. i hate it so mm -hmm. much this weird artistic yeah. window paint like center it for what is it like what like how what does that have to do with new england i'm serious like seriously it's so annoying it like in 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 any kind of sunlight, it's just going to look like it falls wrong on you like everything about it makes no sense just, so that one is a it's bad. It's, it's just, bad. It's just. It's just uniformly it's just bad. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think it we can all bad agree on and that. And it ends bad. But my, like, if if this wasn't bad enough, um, I really, I really feel like the highlight is, and unfortunately, it's not in this picture, mm. is that the socks are light blue. The shorts are white, and the socks are light blue. <laughs> they are socks. going to look like a team that had their socks stolen whenever they play away. <laughs> Because it doesn't freaking match. It doesn't match. I kind of like the yeah. light blue and white. I want to uh, see how that works. Maybe that'll pull it all together for me. But I, I, hear, you. Most, I hear you. They, they, we'll they, check they, back they in with like, you later. They look like a house league team 
that didn't spring for next year's socks. So they were <laughs> last year's socks. Columbus That's did crazy. a similar thing too, but it's it's bad, but it's not as bad. I mean, yeah, no, I hate the Columbus one. The Columbus one is bad. That's that's yeah, awful. But that's, that's yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like what Mark said, the the ceiling for a white T shirt on any MLS kit now is B plus in our ratings. It cannot go higher than a B plus. Sure. You're going to throw out a white shirt and it's not part of your uh, your colorway. Forget about it. So let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on to a white shirt. So this this is my least favorite now the more astute of you will recognize the overall design is fairly similar to the big red 2019 tfc kit which anybody that knows uh that owns it knows is about as sheer as silk so let's make a white one because sweat plus white fabric doesn't equal see-through in <laughs> no universe whatsoever it's this is absolutely atrocious this is so lazy um, we'll, we'll move on from the material, which, which is going to be bad. Um, you know, the fit and finish of this thing uh, is a zero out of 10. Uh, the color choices. I know, Mark, you said in your blurb that the Rapids have occasionally had that kind of whitish mint. In no, their they've, color never, they've never had mint, but they, they okay. have worn green as a primary. So that's okay. that's that's the correlation I was making. But they've n- n- nobody who would wear mint deliberately, honestly. <laughs> I mean, they say that this is a light mint, but that's white. I don't know about you guys. I I mean, there are other photos, but yeah, that looks it looks I actually after when when I was looking at this photo, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw press releases that had like it wasn't that wasn't that stark white and it and I think it just depends on the photo. I think it's What's crazy is that they made it so light that it could look white in a shot, and that's already bad. I like, think that was the same issue with the TFC Unity kit last year. When it first came out, everyone was like, mm-hmm. this is a white kit, but then we actually saw it, it was gray. So maybe when it, yeah. it's on the field, it'll be closer yeah. to like that gray. Um, I think, Mark, you put this in your article, but the one club on the collar, like, like yeah. Thanks. Like, <laughs> I, I hope you're one club. Like, I didn't realize you yeah, had I mean, four clubs back us in one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, it's it's so ridiculous. I mean, we all railed on the on the clubhouse city supporter that TFC was rocking, and then on the authentic versus the replica kits, they had switched the words around as some kind of weird steerage versus first class thing. That don't you know what I mean? It was just so weird. But one club, one club is very, very, very strange, and. It doesn't. Yeah. It's on the. It's on the inside of your collar. So the only person that knows this valuable information is you Maybe and your that's dry cleaners. Idea. That's yeah, it. They're trying to that's keep it, it secret from yeah. everyone else. It's so damn bad. <laughs> it's. It's. Yeah. It's so confusing. And and I, I don't know if 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 they were the product of a merger of two teams. Sure. You know what? One club. I'll let you have it. Makes sense. However, that is not <laughs> the case. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know who that was for, mind you. If, like, I, I'm sure. Like, if you've looked at a lot of the kits, or just even, you know, needled around on other teams' pages, you'll see slogans all the time, and mm-hmm. some of it just feels like generic rah rah. This should evoke an emotion type stuff, and that's fine. Every every club does it. Every sport does it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But. If it could be any blander than just saying one club. club. Yeah, the Finish worst. the sentence. What do you do? One club that wins <laughs> all the time. One club that, you know, 
Co uh, carpools to work in the morning. I need context. One club gives <laughs> me of nothing. One yeah. club. <laughs> One club. Sounds like a really bad, uh, a really bad World Cup anthem. <laughs> 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 but uh, I think we should probably wrap up this segment here. Yeah. If you read their article. They can go on all day about the <laughs> right, right. I, I, I'm thinking of ways to wrap it up, and, and I'll say this. Overwhelmingly, I'm more impressed with this year's crop of kits. Uh, there's more variety. Um, at least at knee jerk, because once you start scratching the itch, you you start playing. Where's where's that template or spot that template, and then and then it's it's downhill from there. But you know, uh, overall, really nice. A lot of clubs are taking risks. I would have to say the ratio of boring white shirts for one hundred and fifty dollars to interesting kits is better this year than it was last year. Um, so you know, it's all going in the right direction. Uh, Mark, would you have anything to add to that? Just as a um, honestly, I, I, in addition to the LA kit that you showed, um, uh, San Jose also did a nod to uh, a, a better time, shall we say, um, mm -hmm. with their kind of homage to their, I forget, was it 2008, 2009? It's the one I don't have loaded in here, so you're just going to have to imagine the kit. Yeah, it, but, the, but the thing is, is that this is the kind of embracing that I want to see of MLS's history. MLS's mm. history is at, at, at the very least, hilarious. Some of the names <laughs> and the colors were hilarious. Mm. But I feel like I feel like there's now's a great time for nostalgia. They threatened it with the 25th anniversary kit, and I got none of it. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing nothing at all. And now we got two. Not to say that San Jose's gotta go on Earth, the clash kits. Look them up. You'll laugh. Yeah. They're great. Like, why not? Why not? Why not have, you know, an, a, a, a Dallas burn kit? Like, I'm okay with it now. Enough times elapsed that it's like, I'm yeah, let's do this. Well, LA did it, and and they're my favorite kit of the year. So yeah. more, but, please. What I'm saying is, do more of it. There's more. Yep. There's more to be had. And and if somebody can uh, dust off uh, uh, Miami Fusion for, <laughs> I, just sign me up. Just Colorado caribous, my friend. Just give me the tassels. Dare to dream. I <laughs> I will pay $150 for tassels. Anyway, Marcus, love you, man. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for helping Thank you, with, the, uh, with the article. Two years going. Uh, next year will be fun as well. And I will, uh, I'll see you later today when we uh, inevitably chat about this. So. Sounds good. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Marcus. Awesome, Marcus. Yeah. And go, uh, Make sure to go check out that article um, from the two of them over at Waking the Red. Um, a deep dive into into all things kits, but let's move back to the big game at hand. Mm -hmm. We touched on some of the aspects there with Mark uh, about you know what what this game could mean. Um, let's just go to this. What are your biggest questions going into this game? We'll start with you, Michael. Um, I think as you guys talked about, what does Josie Altador look like? How will um, Toronto FC press against Club Lyon? Because you know, Ollie tweeted out that video yesterday of Club wow. Lyon just breaking Ouch. a press, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, we're screwed." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> like, was my that, knee jerk as well. Yeah. Of course, like that's not going to be the reality. Every breakout doesn't look like that from Club Lyon. Um, but that being said, like this is going to be a side that's not like any other MLS side. This is going to be a side that play down in Mexico, that play in some of the feistiest matches, the type of style that TFC want to play. They're, the Mexican side is always 
typically play this high energy, um, hard tackling style of play that Armis is sort of instilling. So in a way, I'm kind of worried to see how TFC kind of react to that because Clubion is going to sort of be expecting that. Um, mm-hmm. Is is there a different type of press TFC can throw at Club Lyon instead of you know having everyone sort of attack that the high guy? Do they drop off a little bit, set up kind of a trap, and and make them play into that trap? I'm interested to see how that goes, um, and that's that's really the biggest question mark is how does this Toronto FC team look with Chris Armis at 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 the helm? We've never seen what a starting lineup looks like in this team. We don't even know what formation Toronto FC are going to be playing tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. against Club Lyon. So for me, that that's the biggest exciting thing that I'm I'm looking forward to. What about you, gentlemen? I will say to your playing out of the press point, um, I was talking to someone who watches a lot of Club Lyon about this, and they were saying, yeah, they absolutely have that ability in them, but they also mm-hmm. try and do it every time. And it's give, it's gotten them into a lot of problems this season where they play mm-hmm. it on the back when it's unnecessary. So while, you know, you might get burned on it a couple of times, there is also that opportunity to, you know, when they're way too confident in themselves playing out of the back, you can catch them on a couple of those That's opportunities. True. So um, I, I do think it is something that Toronto FC could end up keying on in this match. So Leon, our arsenal, that's fantastic. <laughs> really like that. <laughs> for, for, um, our, for Toronto FC's sake, we can <laughs> How many uh, how many goals did did Club Leon score? Did you say, Je- uh, Jeff? Was no, that- I said they've conceded. They've uh, they've they've shipped seventeen oh, okay. goals in the last thirteen games. Um, you know, for me, uh, as much as uh, I, I echo your sentiment, Mike, but I think the altitude is is the absolute number one factor in this game, and I think it's going to factor into the game plans for both sides. I think Leon would be moronic if they didn't try to exploit. TFC's lack of fitness, especially in the first half, and then hope that they're gassed in the second half and just give away easy, easy, easy uh, uh, breakaways. Um, and I think TFC, I'm going to be very curious about how they game plan this game. Are they going to go for it in the first half and try to get comfy so that, that when their legs get tired in the second half, um, they can sort of relax and park the bus? Or are they going to do the complete opposite and and try and, and try and you know, save it all for the second half, knowing that that this game is two 45-minute halves and they can't go home after halftime. So, um, yeah, to me, to me, that 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 is the wrinkle that I think is the most interesting. Yeah, let's credit. not forget. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, just no. credit to Chris Armis for, um, you know, he was open about the fact that TFC are not where they, they want to be. Um, he said that, you, I forget his exact words, but essentially their fitness level isn't where they want it to be. And I think, everyone just kind of understands that the first game of the season mm-hmm. um, and there's still a long way for them to go. So temper your expectations a little bit. I know this is a match that TFC want to win. They're going to throw everything at it. But that being said, as we pointed out, there's a lot of disadvantages to what TFC have mm-hmm. going into this game. But Mitch, I think you, you have something coming with, with some of the advantages that TFC could have. Yeah, well, I was going to say on this leg, uh, before we get to that, um, let's not forget, of course, LAFC went down there last year um, to Club Leon and got smoked. It was 2-0, but it could have been way worse, and they were able to dig themselves out of that. I don't think Toronto FC can do that. They don't have they don't have a Carlos Vale right now. They, I, I don't know at this stage in the season they have the offensive weapons to be able to, to dig themselves out of a big hole, so that's going to be critical, is not allowing too many goals, but... 
Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it. The, the fact that no one knows what this Toronto FC side mm-hmm. is going to look like, that mystery gives them a little bit uh, of an opportunity here. Club Lyon, from everything I've heard about, play a very similar style no matter which opponent they're playing against, and that can be a fault for them. And if it's not going well, you know, they, they struggle. So Toronto will have plenty of time to adjust their game plan to Club Lyon, and there won't be many surprises coming from Club Lyon. There could be a ton of surprises coming from Toronto FC. So... That in itself, I think, is is Toronto FC's biggest advantage going into this game. And uh, as much as there's disadvantages in late in there in terms of the the lack of fitness and the lack of playing time together, um, wild cards are wild cards, and, and that, mm-hmm. that could, uh, you know, sometimes wild cards can can win you games. Mm-hmm. And just circling back to that altitude question, that's something TFC are very aware of. Um, I think Armis has mentioned it, and both Michael Bradley have mentioned it. Like it's something they're preparing for but you can't really prepare for it exactly exactly six thousand feet above sea level <laughs> so um <laughs> so uh, yeah it's, it's an interesting factor for them to to take into account also for those wondering there will be some fans in attendance tomorrow for tomorrow's huh. match for club leon i think mm-hmm. there's gonna be a 30 percent capacity um at that stadium so obviously it won't be the same environment but it does give leon a little bit of of help there if they can have some supporters in 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 you know, in front of them, but perhaps maybe mm-hmm. that motivates TFC a little bit. Um, but last time TFC, I think, played in front of an away crowd. Uh, it didn't go so well. I think that was the Philadelphia Union game, if I'm not mistaken. It was, um, yeah. I could be wrong about that, but I think that was the last time TFC played in front of an away crowd. And, hey, uh, it's going to be a different kind of environment than what they're accustomed to. So <sighs> it's it's another sort of concerning sign, I guess. Great. Now I have Duke echoing in my head uh, again. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, back to back to this game. Um, in terms of surprises in the lineup, I mean, Michael, you've touched on it a little bit. We might not see Jonathan Osorio. We're probably not going to see Io Akinola. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a couple of others, knocks here and there, that, that could surprise us. Are there any players that you think might be surprising, either in the 11 or, or substitutions in terms of guys you think we might see? I think we'll definitely see Patrick Mullins at some point. Uh, that's mm. music to Jeff's ears. I don't know if that's much of a surprise, but he's had a great preseason I so think far. Yvonne's predicting a uh, a golden boot for for Patrick Mullins. <laughs> comments, so. um, yeah, I mean, Armas can't say enough good things about Patrick Mullins. He's just saying he's a leader towards some of the young guys. He's saying, and we've talked about this in the past, but he's been he said that Patrick Mullins looks the most uh, relaxed or most. I guess settled that he's ever felt in his entire career and Patrick Mullins voiced that to Armis and it's translated early on onto the field. And that was a great finish, great run, great finish that he mm-hmm. had against Columbus that we saw there. Um, he obviously scored again in the USL game that we don't have video of, but so far so good for Patrick Mullins if they need goals. And again, I don't expect him to play the biggest role for Toronto FC this season, but for him to be an option off that bench, I like what he can bring. He can press, he, he can bring energy and he's really direct too. Um, so he's he's just a different type of player they can offer there. Um, yeah, we mentioned there will be no Io Akinola. Um, if if Pozuelo is good to go, then I expect him to play higher up the field in, in a four four two almost um, almost as a secondary striker, like Sebastian Javinko did in the past for Toronto FC. And 
Josie Alter and Pozuela are sort of going to be leading this this press that Armas keeps talking about, which is kind of ironic to think about because those aren't the two most mobile players on the field. <laughs> but by all accounts, though, they've bought in and they're willing and they're they're doing all of the hard work that needs to be done. So I'm excited to see how that'll work out. Um, in the center of the park, like I wouldn't be surprised if we see some Noble Akello um, at wow. some point during this oh, nice. during this fixture because he does a lot of the work that Armas needs to do in the midfield. He covers ground super quickly for his size mm-hmm. and he's willing to go into a tackle. And, you know, that that's crucial for your heart in the midfield to be tough to play against. And he also has the ability to control the game, spray passes. Um, so maybe Noba Kello is a name that we look out for there in the midfield. Um, another substitute could be Jordan Perusa. Uh, we've talked about him at length uh, uh, in the past and, he scored in, in TFC's mm-hmm. preseason match. So, I mean, a lot of people are writing about him. So I'm sure you guys can do your research and figure out why people, why people are so high on, on Jordan Perusa. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's any more real surprises that I, I tip my hat at right now. I don't know. Do you guys have anyone in mind? He took all the answers, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who else is left? <laughs> Ali Curtis is going to lace up his cleats and, and come yeah. on and play a couple minutes. Oh, um, another one I'd want to throw out there is I think we might see Eric Zavaleta. Cool. Uh, He's got I, the CONCACAF experience. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I think he, we might see some Eric Z. So prepare yourselves for that, TFC fans. I'm prepared. You <laughs> yeah. You know, you know who else we're going to see? Uh, I don't know if they're calling, if he's calling the game oh, or doing analysis or this is, yeah, I'm getting good at the segues guys. Uh, uh, but you know, stop telling people how the sausage is made. Let me enjoy one, <laughs> one really well done segue without you calling attention to it. Um, KJ's back. KJ's back in one w. soccer form. Mm-hmm. Yep. Big win, big dub. Looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, yeah his... I mean, go ahead, Mitch. It's just going to feel right. I mean, CONCACAF mm. Champions League without, you know, without any of those guys, Wildman, Caldwell, but now we at least have KJ uh, there in some capacity. I mean, it's it's just going to feel right and, and I don't know, make us feel a little more comfortable maybe tomorrow when that, when <laughs> that uh, kickoff happens. Yeah, we tip our hat to one soccer for that's it. That's a huge get. Uh, I think it was almost necessary because. Yeah. TFC and KJ are synonymous at this point. As Mitch said, it kind of wouldn't have felt right if, if he wasn't there. So thankfully, KJ will be on that broadcast. He makes he makes the broadcast so much better with his his level of insight and his ability to analyze the game. So I'm super excited to you know feel relaxed and like at ease with with KJ calling the game. Yeah, and that other British guy on one soccer not that great. So we can. Uh... I'm talking about Ollie, not Ian Hume. I don't want Ian coming out. <laughs> Definitely don't want Ian Hume coming no. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, one yeah. Uh, one other bit of news and, and notes from Toronto FC this week coming out of that Canada camp is uh, Richie. Richie, uh, I, I told you guys, Atiba's just there to scout. I mean, every young player, be it Corbiano, be it uh, Baldissimo, and now Richie Larea, all linked with a move to Besiktas. Um, yeah, this is this is an interesting one because it kind of makes sense in in some ways. Yeah, Alfonso. I mean, Greg Vanny likened Richie Larea to Alfonso Davies last year, 
And we kind of saw why in, in that first match. Um, they played very similar positions, but on opposite wings, and they both had very similar roles. And if you can, you know, set up in a four to start, but shift to that five, as, you know, Vanny did it so many times last season, Richie Larea can thrive. And we're starting to see teams and, and managers game plan for Richie Larea being that difference maker in their side. Greg Vanny did it last season. I think John Herman did it during that that game. So I'm not surprised to see this European interest. It's something that I've written about a long time. I, I don't see there's any reason why Richie Larea shouldn't be attracting European interest. He could be the best right back for Canada right now. I think he probably is. Mm-hmm. And you know his um, his like the way he's his trajectory is the word I was looking for. But it just rose so quickly in the last two years and I can't imagine what this season is going to look like. Alistair Johnson came out and said that he is the best right back in MLS and he was nominated for MLS Defender of the Year last year. Mm-hmm. It's just such a good story, Richard Larea, and I really think that the sky's the limit for him right now because he's he's just on this upwards trajectory that's like to the moon. Nobody else is mad at Atiba, like even a little bit. He's like the worst house guest ever. He comes over for one night and raids your cupboards bare, you know? Uh, uh, do you think Besiktas is 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 the is a logical next step for Richie? I mean, there's the advantage of playing with other Canadians in your, in your domestic side. Can't be undervalued. But, you know, uh, in terms of, um, you know, league stature, in terms of competition... I, I just wonder if if maybe that would be not a lateral move, but but not necessarily a the step up that is deserving of of Richie's achievements. No, I think it's the perfect level, just because you know it's a top club and elite. Look, I don't think Richie's a, a Premier League player um, as good as he is. I don't think he's going to one of those top four leagues. So this is a, a top club in in one of those kind of outside top four leagues that is at a solid level, and he's going to get European soccer. So. I think that's the perfect spot for him. When the the European leagues initially linked, or sorry, the European uh, move was initially leaked, um, I I said Belgium would be a good good spot for him. And Turkey's kind of that similar level, maybe not as deep in terms of clubs, but probably, Mm -hmm. you know, higher caliber at the top in terms of Bechiktis, Galatasaray, uh, Istanbul. So, I, I think it's a perfect level for him, and I think it's it's it, you know it's a club he'll go to, and he could go to, and would probably get playing time. That's that's paramount to anything because you know Richie didn't uh, have his resurgence just to sit on the bench again. You know he he needs to yeah. play, and and for Canada's sake and for his sake, he needs to get playing time. So Besiktas is a club where I could see him playing, and if he goes higher than that, I don't you know I don't necessarily see him getting that time he's he's a little older too right like there's yeah yeah as much as he's developed over the past couple of years and development's not lateral like you know we're we're probably at least sort of closer to seeing what his ceiling is so well we'll see it, 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 i think it's an interesting one i think we say that every year though and then yeah, just yeah. Comes out yeah and just does something different and impresses yeah. like how often do you see a right back be able to change the game like richie larray does they're I don't know if there's any other right back in the league that can do it like Richie and his ability to drive at defenders one v one, and whether it's creating his own shot, whether it's you know create, uh, creating an opportunity for someone else, he's just so effective at doing it so directly. And um, another point I kind of want to talk about is I think we should prepare as TSC fans to let some of these guys go. I know Jeff, mm-hmm. you're saying how mad are we at Atiba Hutchinson? I mean, the reality is that these guys want to play at the highest level 
of, of soccer, whether that is Europe, whether that is somewhere else. They want to play at the highest level. They have these ambitions because, you know, yes, sure, they grew up in Canada, but mm-hmm. these guys want to be global stars. And yep. to get there, they have to play at the highest levels. And unfortunately, right now, that's, that's not Major League Soccer. That's not yep. Toronto FC. But Toronto FC might be the highest club in Major League Soccer, but there's there's better leagues outside MLS and I think that we're going to see not just Richie one day, you know, depart overseas, but we're going to see a couple of Toronto FC's players head that direction. And that's the yeah, natural certainly. evolution of the club. So, you know, you can't, you can't be mad at it. You can't, but uh, you know, my concern is, is, is never bet against Richie. So I have no concerns. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> it just occurred to me that like, you know, going to a new environment where it's not your hometown and you're, you're fighting for minutes with the coach again could be another Orlando. So, you know, I'd be, but then he's got a Tiva there, you know, basically is the CEO of Besiktas at this point. <laughs> so, you know, Mitch, I, I actually, I'm on, I'm firmly on your side. It's a, it's a very safe move. And if you've got somebody, somebody with that kind of stature, like a Tiva fighting for you in the, in the boardroom and in, and in meetings that you won't get invited to, uh, that that can only be a plus. So and the proof yeah. is in the pudding too. Look at the two mm-hmm. Canadians that have gone over there. They've yep. just excelled. So why not throw a third Canadian into that mix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm curious your thoughts about this. Where does Richie Larea start the game tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think he does start at that right back position because I think you want the the experience of of Moro at left back. Um, I know that leaves Auro out, and that's a that's a bit of a surprise, yeah. but. Yeah. Look, I, I think Richie's going to be wherever he plays on the pitch, whether they move him up a little bit higher, because I think he can play that role at, at either left or right midfield. Um, I think he's going to be absolutely critical to anything Toronto FC does, because one, again, like I said earlier, I think this is a counterattacking game for Toronto FC as much as they want to press and win the ball back. I think how they have success in this game is letting Leon have, have a bit more of the ball and, and attacking them when, you know, pressing smart right like when they see opportunities mm-hmm. press but don't always don't over press that's where they're going to get into trouble and mm-hmm. that probably goes for this entire season but i think specifically this game at altitude and against a very good side who they know can break that press when when it happens but also you know richie's in form richie we saw him with canada he's one of the few players who has competitive matches under his belt that, he looked amazing so I think uh, I think Richie. If if you want to look at any key player, and and we talked about Josie and Paws and all those guys, Richie's up there in terms of what could be a game breaker for Toronto FC. Definitely uh, agreed. You have to get him on the pitch, whether it is right back, whether it is left back. I personally think his his best position right now. Um, actually, let me not say that, but his best fullback position right now, I think, is right back. I still think his, his best position. Call me crazy, but I think his best position could be on the left wing. Um, in Major League Soccer, where he can, I mean, we saw the way he scored that goal from Canada. That was from the left wing. And his only start for TSC last season, he scored a great goal where he cut in, at left wing. He scored a great goal that he cut inside and and finished beautifully. So I still think that, like, I mean, he started off as a central midfielder. I still think that, you know, another position move might not be the worst case for, for Richie Lurie. His versatility is so, so special. And I think it's a good problem to have for, for, you know, not even a problem, a good asset to have if you're Chris Armas. Yeah. Two minutes ago, I was, I was pretty resolute in wanting to keep him on the bench, but Mitch made a good point, which is he's match fit. He's played Uh competitive 90 minutes of Uh soccer. 
in recent memory. So if you don't start him, that's kind of a stupid move. Um, so so I, I definitely turned around on that. We're all in consensus about Justin Morrow starting at left back, though. If he's fit, he yeah. starts. Yeah. Yeah. Over Aura there. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. we saw last season that even though both players were fit, it was Oro getting the start or Richie Larea getting the start at left back versus uh, Justin Morrow. So do we hmm. refer back to some of our old ways and, and give JMO the start there? I love JMO. Like I love mm-hmm. his his ability to settle the ball down, his ability to keep possession yeah. is, is second and on in terms of left backs in, in Toronto FC. So I like that call, uh, especially Me when too. you add the experience into it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do see um, one of Oro or, or Richard Larea start at left back. And I will say Auro does have that experience as well. He was there for that uh, yeah. that initial CONCACAF run. It was the start of his time with Toronto FC, but he was mm-hmm. there, so he does have that experience. And the other factor, which could see Richie move forward, of course, is what we already mentioned, the the fact that they might have a vacancy in midfield with Jonathan Osorio out. So, um, Noble we'll, Akello we'll time. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what is, uh, we'll see what that, that brings. There's so many, so many things still up in the air in terms of the the eleven and and all of that. Um, any last <laughs> thoughts before I think we'll we'll finish up with some Canadian women's national team thought. But any last things you guys want to get off your chest to, to just to preview this game? Well, I just read your your rundown that Jonathan David scores against PSG, then is broken, and I, I liked that turn of phrase. <laughs> but I guess we'll talk about J. Dave in the future. Um, yeah, everybody's guess... planning to watch uh, to watch some Concacaf this evening, right? A little bit of sneak preek before uh, before the main event and a muse bouche, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Atlanta United kicks that off, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that should that be was... a fun watch. I was going to say, just make sure you guys go to Wake in the Red and check out the preview that Anthony did on our site. I think it's a fantastic preview. It'll get you mm-hmm. guys all pumped for tomorrow's game, and it gives a lot of great information, uh, a lot of stuff we didn't mention on today's show. So make sure you guys go give that a read because I think it's really well written. Um, and like I said, it'll get you get you hyped for tomorrow because we're, we're buzzing here. We're buzzing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's let's finish up then with uh, there are some other games this week, which is obviously exciting as well as Canada finishes up their their preparation um, for Olympics uh, in Tokyo on the women's side. Friday, they play against Wales and then England on April 13th. That's kind of the, the big game, an English side that's very, very good. But uh, a lot of returning faces. It's exciting. Sinclair's back. Um, Ashley Lawrence is back after know being able to figure out the the french situation i guess the camp's based in europe so that makes it easier mm-hmm. um so yeah uh, air mcleod as well and uh the, the player exciting me out of this camp is chloe lacasse who's a player who uh 27 so a little bit older but uh has scored so many goals for benfica this season in, in the portuguese league and obviously we know canada needs that and um also i'm not sure if she's eligible yet but she's been trying to get her eligibility for iceland so Canada could potentially mm. lose her. Um, so good to at least, you know, at, at least see what they have in, in the player before uh, before that potentially happens. So um, that, that's my exciting call up for, for this camp. Yeah. Good biggest show. question. Yeah. Biggest question, Mark, uh, for this Canadian women's national team right now. And something Bev Priestman has talked about is, are they going to get goals from someone besides Christine Sinclair? Mm-hmm. And if so, who will that be? 
is it going to be Nichelle Prince, who looked really good at the She Believes Cup, but didn't really have that final end product? Um, is Evelyn Vianne going to, you know, step up and, and finally, you know, live up to her, her reputation there? Because she's been prolific at, at the club level. But can that translate mm-hmm. now onto the international stage? Or is it maybe Janine Becky, who had, you know, a bunch of opportunities, but, you know, couldn't finish there at the end? Regardless, I mean, this team isn't going to have Christine Sinclair forever. And their their biggest question mark right now is who else is going to put the ball in the back of the net for them? Mm-hmm. Obviously, having the likes of Ashley Lawrence in the side is going to help tremendously. Um, she creates so much. She's the 2019 Canadian Player of the Year. Um, and I think at center back, they, they have a lot of depth that they showed in the, in the She Believes Cup. And even though Kadisha Buchanan won't be at this these two friendly matches, they have a lot of people who can step in and, and fulfill those roles. So um, their biggest question marks for me are at striker and at central midfield. But it's a good test um, for the club heading into you know what will be an important Olympics. Biggest question for me is, is there actually going to be an Olympics? I mean, we still <laughs> we still sort of don't know. As much as I love all this qualification, it's going to be damn funny if it's all for naught. Uh, so, you know, that, yeah, that's... Yeah, they're already qualified. So this is just uh, this is just friendly. So I just want to make that clear is that they definitely yeah. did already, already book their ticket. Um, but these are just sort of to keep them in shape and trying to give them a measuring stick heading into those Olympics that will hopefully go down later in August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think you mentioned it, but the striker position, I mean, it seems like they have more options than they have in recent years between La Casse brought in now, Evelyn Viennes, uh, Becky Heidema. With that being said, they got to figure out those options super quick. They don't have much time to, to figure out who their go-to players are. So this camp's going to be critical for that. And uh, Bab's got a lot, a lot on her plate uh, going into this camp. So it'll be fun to see, uh, see how they, in those two matches um yeah. let's wrap up there. first game before you go first game yep. is is on friday against mm-hmm. wales just so everyone knows and then as mitch said uh the following tuesday i think is when they play england so yep. get get those marked on your schedule i know we're looking forward to some champions league action but you got some great canadians women national team games to look forward to as well yeah. long yeah. long may it rain <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks to Mark Hinckley, a vocal minority, for joining us this week. Um, that was awesome. Huge shout to Kevin and Sophia always for the work in the background. Uh, give us some love on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it always helps us out and, and helps us to get bigger and better. And uh, on behalf of Michael and, and Jeffrey, uh, enjoy some CONCACAF Champions League action, and we'll be back to break it down for you next week.